Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. It's very special for me to be hosted by this network because it represents a very critical part of my own Judaism, which is being awake and in the moment. It's so important to be active about who we are and what we do. We even look at our sages, so much of what they teach us is focusing on being awake, on being awake, awakening from our slumber, of not being robotic, of not falling into hergel, not falling into things that are just rote, and of being in the moment. All the podcasts that are hosted by this network have the common theme of an important five-letter word, think. Check us out. Join our mailing list. Explore the growing variety of content. But most importantly, continue to engage in a search for how to be intentionally Jewish. Okay, I'm recording. Um, the Say which mission also. I put it up on the chat. Yes, put it up on the chat, and I'm now going to put it up again. Make sure everybody got it. Okay. The Mishnah is Chapter 2, Mishnah 7. Um, for those of you that got it twice, I apologize, but it's the same the same Mishnah. Huay Omer, so continuing on with Hillel's statements. Marbe Basar, Marbe Rima. That the more flesh you have, the better lunch you will be for the worms. That's what it says. The better, you'll have, there'll be more worms eating your body when you die. How inspiring and beautiful that is. The more stuff you have, the more worry you have. My father, Shalom, I remember he never in his life, never had a new car. I remember one time he got a new car. It was a Ford Maverick, and and it had a like a black top. It was like a big hush of a thing in those days. I have no idea how he was able to afford a car, but he got himself a new car. And we get, you know, he came home with the car, and everybody was so excited. Oh, amazing! We run into the car, and he's got. It was just in the days where power windows were starting to come in, and and it's rolled down windows. And looked at her, looked at him and said, "Like, what's with the roll down windows? You know, what is this? This old fashioned. Why didn't you get the power windows?" And he he explained to us, "Marbin chasin, marbadaiga. The more shtick you got, the more stuff you got, the more you got to worry about it. The more things, more toys you have, the more it breaks. Okay, beautiful. That's the message of the Mishnah. Marbin Oshim, The more wives you have, which is not really practical halacha because you can only you can only have one of them, but marbin Oshim, the more women you have, the more witchcraft you have in your house. Don't leave yet. We'll, we'll explain that. But what, what is the mission teaching me? You have a lot of house help, a lot of maidservants. 
Marbazima. So then there is going to be an increase in immorality. Marbavadim, if you have a lot of avadim, a lot of slaves, sit in Marbagesel. There's going to be a lot of thievery going on in your house. Marbatora, if you have a lot of Torah, Marbachayim, then you're going to have a lot of life. That's, the, that's, a, that's a from thing. You learn more Torah, life is going to be better. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere before. What does it mean? Marbatora, Marbachayim. Marbi Yeshiva, which does not mean necessarily the institution, but Marbi Yeshiva, the more you sit, then Marbe Chachma, then the wiser you're going to become. Marbe Eitza, the more counsel you seek and give, Marbe Tvuna, the more understanding and wisdom you have. Marbe Tzdaka, the more charity, Marbe Shalom, then the more peace you have. Kona Shem Tov, and if you acquire a good name, you've acquired it for yourself. Konalo divrei Torah, and if you have acquired divrei Torah, konalo chaye olam you have acquired life in the world to come. So you, you'll think to yourself that, okay, that's pretty obvious. You know, these good things, these bad things, the more good things you have, the better it is, the more bad, the more bad things you have, the worse it is. We understand, we've been learning Pirkei long enough to know that that can't be what the Mishnah is trying to tell me. What's the message of this Mishnah? I also, we need to uncover, what does the word marba mean? Now, I, I know you've all, you know, you, you're all Hebrew speakers. Everybody knows what the word marba is, harbei, marba, to increase. But I'm asking it in different terms. What is what is the acceptable amount of basar that anything over that is called marba, is called too much? Is it one steak and two steaks is called marba? Is it five pounds overweight, 10 pounds is called marba? What's much marba? In every one of these things, what's marba? That marba nechassim, the more you have, the more you have to worry. But where, what, what's the acceptable level that the next thing is called, oh, that's marba nechassim, that's too much. Marba shvachis, oh no, that's too much. At what point is it marba? Torah. You have an obligation, you have to be involved in Torah all the time. So then what's marba? Torah is something that's considered in Lashir. It has no size requirement. So then what's marba? What's too much Torah? Where do you get, where do we put the word marba into each one of these things? Is there any kind of seder, any kind of order to this Mishnah? That it says these things and then five things and then another five things. Is there some sub message that the Mishnah is trying to teach me? So I want to unfold what I think are the three messages of the Mishnah. The first is a very simple pshat in the Mishnah, which will give us a very, very healthy and good understanding of the Mishnah. What the Mishnah is telling us on a very simple level is that if you look at the Mishnah carefully, five things have to do with physical existence. Five things have to do with spiritual existence. And what the Mishnah is telling me that a riboy an overindulgence in the physical world is only going to cause a person destruction and an overindulgence in the spiritual world, 
pouring your energies into your spiritual existence is only going to yield something positive. And that's what each of the pieces of the mission is telling me. The more a person is into physical existence, basa doesn't mean weight. Basa doesn't mean the, the, the heftier you are, so then the better lunch you're going to be for the worms in the grave. That's not the message of the Mishnah. The message is, is that if you're a marba basa, that means you're a person who is completely taken up by their physical existence. Your, all that you do about your body, you worry about your body, you worry about, about, about your, physical, your, your physical self, about your goof, in the end, it's going to yield you nothing. Because in the end, because in your death, you're taking nothing with you. And all that you have in the grave is that your physical body is going back to the earth, which means that it's going to be a rim of a teleo. In the end, it is going to be worm fodder. And that all you schwitzed for and all you worried about when you were so focused on your physical existence, not on your health, but on your physical perfection, on honing and toning that body, on, on worrying about that physical world and that physical life, all that's going to yield is emptiness and nothingness. If you're marba, not if you worry about it, not if you have it on a base level, but if you're marba, you pour extra energy into it, that's where the problem comes. Marba nechassim is your material world, your stuff, your toys, your money. Marba shvachis, if you're involved with, with, with shvachos, which is, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped one, marba noshim, a person is looking for affection, so marbek shafim in the end, all it's going to bring them is shafim. So there are a few different understandings of what that means. Why is it called? Um, why is it called sorcery? So one is is that um, is that women in in in, in um, Jewish thought are more connected to kishuf for for certain reasons, and therefore the more women you have in your house, so then the more you're susceptible to kishuf. I don't think that that's what the mission is saying. I think the mission is telling us something a very deep message, and I think that um, the mission is saying one of one of a few possibilities. One is is that kishuf was a reality in those days, right? Sorcery and doing things magically was a was a, a real reality. The Torah considers it a reality, and that's the reason why the Torah legislates against it numerous times because the Torah sees it as something that's real. Um, the, the, we're worried that a person is going to go to the, the we're talking about, we're talking about um, looking for, um, for affection. And we're worried that a person who's looking for affection will go to the ends of the world to find that affection. A person will do anything to be able to feel that affection, to be able to feel the care of another person. Even something as ridiculous as Kishof, even something as ridiculous as relying on other kinds of medians, relying on things that a person knows are destructive, prohibited, things that are out of the realm of rationality. But when a person is looking for that kind of comfort, a person will go anywhere to find it. And I think that that's the message of the Mishnah. There is another, um, an, another beautiful thing that the, the rabbis explained, that the more physical a person is, the more a person is into sexuality and into physical pleasure, so then the more flawed a person becomes. And when a person is flawed, then a person is susceptible to 
Kishuf is susceptible to, 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 to powers, susceptible to things in the world, to, 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 um, to, to, to energies in the world that can drag a person down. Because again, what's happening is that a person is looking in the wrong place for, for, their, for their happiness. Okay, then the Mishnah continues. Mar You bring in a lot of maidservants into the house. So for a variety of reasons, one of them being that there's more free time in the house. The other is that there are more people in the house. The other is shvachas, is ladies. You bring women into the house, you create a certain kind of atmosphere in the home, so then all that does is create a basis for immorality. If anybody has any question that, that this is a little extreme in the Mishnah, it's the reality of this of the world we live in. When you walk outside of the of, of the you know of our little confines of the world, what's going on in the world is in, in, the the zima that exists in the world because of the openness that exists, the open lines that exist between men and women on a on a level which we spoke about in the first chapter, in the very beginning of the first chapter. So the, you bring that kind of atmosphere into the house. It's marba zima. You bring into the house marba avadim. You outsource. You you bring in. You you bring avadim. You get people to do your work marba gazel. You live in a certain lifestyle. You want to maintain that lifestyle. You're going to end up doing things again that are not that are not normal, not legal, things that are not usual or regular for you. I think that if you look at the Mishnah carefully, it's not just five things. It's really going through the stage of a person that it's going through their basa, their flesh, their guf, the body, then their nechasim, then their, their material possessions, then their relationships, and then their status in the world, shvachos and avadim, the way they look, the way they're seen by other people. And then if you look at the next five, the next five are countering that. Marba Torah, Marba Chaim. Why is that true? The more Torah you have, the more life you have. Why is that, why is that an, an, an analog? Why is that connected to each other? Because the more Torah you have, the more you understand the way the world works. The more you understand what priorities are. When you understand what priorities are, so then you live a different kind of life. The life is much, much more pleasant, much happier, much more comfortable, much more beautiful if you understand what the purpose is. If you understand Torah, it's not just understanding how to hold your kiddush cup and, and what chametz not to eat on Pesach. When you understand Torah, what you're understanding is you're understanding value. You're understanding purpose. You're understanding the essence of life. And the more of life you understand, so then the more chayim, then the more beautiful your life is going to be. Marbi yeshiva. The more you sit and study and involve, but it's not just sitting alone. It's yeshiva and pilbul chaverim sitting with other people. Marbachachma makes you smarter. Because the more you talk to other people, the more you share ideas with other people, the more you communicate with other people, the wiser you become. I've learned a lot, says Davin Melech, from my, from, from my teachers. I learned a tremendous amount from my colleagues, but I learned the most from my students. Because sharing with people, listening to people's questions, listening to people's ideas. That's what makes us the wisest. 
who's a wise person? Somebody who learns from every single person. The more Eitzah, the more advice you have to give and you take. So the deeper is your understanding. Tavuna, Bina, is understanding. Bina is the ability to be able to take two ideas and to be able to understand the third idea from the two. Bina, understanding, the same as the word bone, to build. How do you build something? You take two things, you put them together, and that creates a third thing. That's what Bina is. It's maven dover mitach dover, understanding things from things. In other words, you tell, me a, you tell me a situation, I compare it to another situation, and from there I learn what to do in a situation that has not yet come up. That's Bina. The more you have to listen to a person's problems, the more you have to listen to a person where they're coming from, and you have to analyze where they're coming from, so then the more understanding, the more tavuna you're going to have. Marbet Sdaka, the more charity that you're involved in, the more that you're, you recognize that your money is not yours and that whatever you have belongs to somebody else, belongs to God. So then the more shalom, the more internal peace you're going to have. What is our world's biggest anxiety? Money. It's one of the biggest anxieties in life. It's one of the biggest anxieties in a family between a couple. Is money, money, money. But if you understand, you know what? Whatever we have is a gift to us from God. Whatever we've been given is from God. We're God's custodians. Now, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad giving it away. I don't feel bad sharing it with other people. I don't feel bad if I don't have a ton of it. Because at the end of the day, I know that it's ultimately coming from God, Marbet Staka. When the more I'm able to give it away means the more I understand its value. And the more I understand its value, the more shalom, the more peace that, that gives me. And then the Mishnah tells me that, by the way, you need to know that there's only one thing in this world that you own. And that's your name. Your name, your good name in this world was not given to you by other people. Your good name in this world was not given to you by God. Your good name in this world was not given to you by your parents. Your good name in this world was something that you acquired for yourself. Through your own integrity, through your own honesty, through your own midos, through your own personality, you acquired your good name. And when you get buried in the ground, the only thing that you have, that you take with you, and that you leave in this world is your good name. Because the truth is, you can dedicate buildings. You can have your name on buildings and things, but those things ultimately wear out and disappear. But your name, your name stays forever. Zichroinoi Livracha. May his memory forever be a blessing. May his good name last forever. When you talk about people of the past, you can talk about stuff. You can talk about what they did. You know, I've had the opportunity to unfortunately hear an enormous amount of eulogies. I've been to a fair share of funerals. And you listen to eulogies. And unfortunately, a lot of times, 
when family, close family members are trying to describe someone, they're hunting for words. They're hunting for words to say about the relationship that they've had with the, with the niftar or with the nifteres. And most often what they're describing is stuff. Things they did, things they liked, but not their good name. Not the real essence of who they were. The shame tov. Konolo divrei Torah. If a person has acquired divrei Torah, konolo chayolamaba. What's the difference between marbe chachma and konolo divrei Torah? Marbe Torah, marbe chachma, is that marbe chaim. Excuse me, is that when you increase your connection to Torah, your life is going to be better. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the Torah is yours. But when you acquire Torah, when you make what's called a Kenyan HaTorah, the Torah becomes literally your Torah. It becomes a part and a parcel of your existence, not just of your understanding. That's how you have been Kona Olam Haba in this world. Your life changes. When you have a Kenyan HaTorah, you have your portion of Torah. We spoke about yesterday that Shavuos is to get your portion of the Torah, is to make your claim on the Torah. Anochi Hashem Elokecha says God, I am the Lord, your God. You have a portion of Torah. And when you grab that portion, it belongs to every one of us. When we grab that portion, then our Olam Azeh becomes Olam Abba. That's my first way of understanding the Mishnah. But then I think we can look at the Mishnah and we can understand that the Mishnah is presenting me a problem and presenting me an antidote. It was no, no accident that these were the examples that were chosen, that if you're marba on this side, it's great. And if, it, and if you're marba on this side, it's detrimental. Because it wasn't just five things to represent physical existence and five things to represent spiritual existence, but it's a problem and it's antidote. The Mishnah starts off, Marba Basar, base, physical desires. What's the antidote? The antidote is, is that you have to understand what the purpose and the value of life is. Torah Hashem Timima, the Torah of God is, purpose, is perfect. Mishivas nafesh, it gives us back life. It restores our life and it lengthens our days. When we're into basar, then we're into rima. Rima is like it's like chaos. It's like we're being eaten on the inside. You wanna you want to have a life that's worth a living. You want to have a life that is that is really called a life. So then, the antidote to being into the physical existence is looking at the world through the eyes of spirituality. The next stage. The Mishnah says, you're into toys, you're into money. All that's going to bring you is emptiness. But when you're into yeshiva, when you're into sitting and you're into, into, into thinking and you're into learning, so then that's going to bring you tranquility. That's going to bring you menucha. That's going to bring you, that's going to bring you peace. You're into nashim, the third stage. You're into women, you're into affection, you're into physical pleasure. What's the antidote? Eitzah, Tavuna. Rethink life. Think about what's real affection. 
what is real attention that you that you desire? You know what? You know what can fill your real attention? Be a helper to other people. Be there to listen to other people. Be there to develop real relationships that are based on things deep, not just on physical desires. And that's the antidote to marben noshim, marbek shofim. Then comes the next problem, marbek shvachos. You're into prestige. You're into your own kavod. What's the antidote to that? Don't worry about what you make. Worry about what you give. Marbet staka. The more you give, that's real kavod. You know, they tell us about many, they tell us, I've heard it in the name of a few very wealthy people of the past, but they say that they were asked what their, what their value is and they took out their staka book. And they counted up all the money they gave to Tzedakah. And they said, that's my net worth. So said, how is that your net worth? Go to your bank. Look at what's in the bank account. Look at what the stocks you have. Look at all that stuff. That's your net worth. He says, no, no, that can be taken away from me in one second. There's one thing that you can't take away from me. The Tzedakah that I've given and the help that I've given to other people. That's my real value. That's my real net worth. You want covered? We don't get covered by the amount of stuff we have. Real covered comes from the amount of stuff we give. Then a person wants to have, wants to maintain a certain standard of living. Marba avodim says the Mishnah. You want a standard of living? You want you want that people should look at you and say, "Whoa, look at that person! Arecha mensh, what a rich person! Look at the way he lives! Look at the amount of house help he has! Look at the stuff he's got going on!" That's empty kavod, says the Mishnah. What's the antidote to empty kavod? Put your energy into developing a shame tov, into developing a good name. Not into developing a name where people look at you and say, they look at your chitzenius and they say, did you see the car that guy drives? Pshee! Don't look at it from the outside, but develop a shame tov, which is the essence of your inside. And I think that the mission is presenting to us a problem and its antidote. There is a third explanation, which takes it even deeper. The number 10 is not arbitrary. The number 10 is that there were five things in this Mishnah that represent the physical world. And there are five things in this Mishnah that represent the spiritual world. The Gemara in Sukkah says that there are 10 Amos. There are 10 cubits between the physical world and the spiritual world. Man can't get into the realm above 10 Amos, and God doesn't come into the realm below 10 Amos. There is a separation between the physical world and the spiritual world, and our job is to climb above those physical things and to enter into that spiritual world. And these are the 10 things that we have to climb through. Five of them physical, five of them spiritual and that we have to develop those things. The truth is, if you look at a human being, there are, 10, there are 10 things in a human being, 10 parts of a human being that each one of these things is speaking to. There are the two eyes, the two ears, and the tongue, which are the spiritual parts, the spiritual connections. You don't have to touch anything in order to be able to, to benefit from those. And then there is a physical size, the two hands, the two feet, and the, and the reproductive organs. 
And those are the 10 things that a person has to develop, that a person has to climb above in order to be able to enter in to that world to come, to be able to enter that enter in, in this world, to that life that is filled with something. Physical things, we know, we look at the Ten Commandments, we find the same thing in the Ten Commandments. There are five things that focus on the physical world. There are five things that focus on the spiritual world, because that is the human beings made up of these 10 pieces. The physical things are limited and they deteriorate. Excess in them is just accelerating deterioration. Spiritual things have no bounds. They're nitzchi, they're everlasting. The more you indulge in them, the more you cause your elevation. And what the Mishnah is telling me is that we have to go from the most physical, Marbebasar, person who's just worried about their mamish, their guf, just their body, to the most spiritual of Kana Shemtov, of Kana Divrei Torah, of looking at the essence and elevating the essence of a person. And we have to follow these stages to go through, to climb over and to develop the things that we need to remove. We need to make sure we don't indulge in them. The things that we need to develop in ourselves, those are the things that we need to pour our energy into. We need to be marb in them. And what the mission is saying is that we have to prioritize. We have to recognize that living in this physical world, indulging in this physical world, only brings us in the end much strife, much emptiness. But indulging in the spiritual world, pouring our energy into the spiritual world, ultimately acquires not olam haba in olam haba, but that our olam azeh, our this world, our existence here, is already the beginnings of our existence in olam haba. Okay, once again, I feel like I had to rush through the end to make sure that I stayed within my time limit. But, but I think I gave you a little flavor of, of what this Mishnah is saying. And I think the, the Mishnah is, is a beaut- really just a beautiful Mishnah. The, the, the first, the simple understanding, again, just a quick review, the simple understanding is, is that it's telling us excess in the physical world is no good, excess in the spiritual world is good. But then it's telling us that there is a problem and it's antidote. And then it's telling us that there are actually 10 stages that a person has to go through, 10 places, 10 ways that a person has to climb.